Carolina get the win over Notre Dame, 82-72, behind a huge performance from Kofi Coburn, who throws up 28 points, grabs eight boards for good measure. Even have a couple of nice assists, which is always good to see from Kofi. Alfonso Plummer continues his hot shooting with uh, 21 points, mostly from the line. Got eight out of eight from the line. Only shot three of 11 from three, but overall good. It was good to see uh, Trent Frazier get back out there. Played 32 minutes coming off his injury. And even Jacob Grandison played 18 minutes despite being um, ill um, and missing the last game. Monte Williams throwing up at halftime and yet um, also plays 35 minutes. So uh, pretty impressive outing. I thought, um, you know, they got some freshmen, you know, uh, Luke Goody and um, RJ Melendez. First career start for Melendez also played well. So we're joined here with Kedrick Prince and Mike Cagley. We're going to break down the action here up from Notre Dame. Um, you know, Going into the day, guys, I did not feel um, great about this game because you really didn't know. We heard Trent this morning, you know, Atlanta guys, we had, you know, put out that Trent was playing. But still, you didn't know what to expect from him or any of the guys, you know, that had been sick or, and are still sick. We didn't know Austin Hutcherson was ill um, this morning until, you know, until he, you know, just found out he couldn't play. So uh, were you kind of surprised with the way they came out or what are your thoughts after watching that? game start with you mike yeah i really i thought the team played pretty well they jumped out early um you know they they, they played well um and i think uh, coach bray said it best he said you know our plan was was we were going to stop kofi and and he's he made passes to guys and they hit open shots and then once they hit those open shots we were in a hole that we had to keep digging out of the whole night, and he was very complimentary to the Illini. Kid, what are your thoughts after sitting there courtside and watching this one? I'll tell you what I really liked, you guys, was like the thing we talked about in the offseason when there was a chance that Illinois was going to lose Kofi. One of the things he, he talked about, several things. He wanted to improve his perimeter game. It was nice to see him shoot the 15-foot jump shot. It was nice to see him get the ball in the wing, take it to the basket. His free throw shooting has improved. It's just really, really nice to see the success and the things that you know that the coach has done for him to make him a better player. Um, and when he can pass out of the double team, which is another thing that he people complain about, I think he has more assists right now than he had the entire season last year. So I mean, he's at least looking for it. You know, my concern is, which we talked about before on before we got on the air here, is how many minutes he's logging. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. Yeah, Kofi plays 32 minutes coming off a game, you know, previously where he played, um, you know, uh, 38 minutes. So it's 70 minutes um, in about, you know, three days or whatever and, you know, 72 hours. So that's a lot of minutes for big guys that usually don't play that many minutes. In you know, in, in last game we were talking about how we didn't feel like you know, they could afford to take him off the floor and they moved Benjamin Bosman's Verdonk to the floor. I thought tonight the six minutes he didn't play in the first half, Omar Payne did a really nice job defensively. I thought he blocked shot. He had two really good defensive possessions where he shut guys down. One of them leading to Trent Steele and, and breakaway layup. So I thought Payne that was the that was the best stretch that I've seen him play this year on either end of the floor, especially on the defensive end. So maybe that gives some hope that you can give Kofi a rest or that if Kofi is in foul trouble. Now, offensively, he's not the same. I mean, it's totally different. But I think defensively, he may even give you a little more than Kofi 
because of his ability to get out and guard on the perimeter. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I mean, seriously. Sorry, Mike. I just, you know, I don't want to lose my thought here. I thought, and I'm the biggest All My Pain fan. I think Illinois is going to need him, not just this year. They're going to need him moving forward. And I think when Coach Underwood put him in there, when Kofi subbed out, he was able to go to the perimeter, which we talked about in the non-conference schedule, him being able to guard a little bit. Defensively, I don't think people realize how good he does as far as blocking shots. I think when he when Kofi came out, uh, Notre Dame started trying to attack the basket. Then I think when you know he got those blocks, it changed it changed their game plan a little bit. It was just be nice if he could give them something. I'm looking six or eight points a game offensively because if he gets the minutes, he figures it out. And I don't know what the staff is looking for. Maybe it's his defense. Maybe it's plays. You know, maybe it's fatigue. I don't know. But I really think if you look at the the team how much better they would really, really be if you take out a Kofi and bring in a guy that's going to give you eight and six every night and two, two or three blocks. Well, you could also see on the offensive end where the lack of cohesiveness that, that Trent Frazier talked about because the team hasn't practiced together. So Payne wasn't certain. If you watch the film, you'll see that he wasn't certain on a couple plays. Do I come up and set the pick um, for Trent? What do I do when I set the pick? And so he was very tentative on the offensive end. And, and I'm sure that probably played a little bit into Coach Underwood's decision, decision to not put him back in in the, in the uh, second half. To me, I think a lot of the ills that this team has will be chipped away at by just having people able to come to practice and practice with one another to learn what the other person likes to do, what they don't like to do, et cetera, um, which it really hasn't happened. And when you consider some of the newcomers, that's not an easy thing to go out and play basketball with guys you haven't really had a chance to work with uh, very often. Yeah, you know, it's interesting the way teams play against, um, you know, you talk about cohesion. Notre Dame totally changed the way they play because of Kofi Coburn. Um, Paul Atkinson was one of the leading scorers, and they couldn't go to him. He only scored three points. They had to change. Atkinson played, ended up playing 20 minutes, but in large part because, you know, he had foul trouble for Lazuski, who was trying to guard Kofi. And they were – so what they did was they put Lazuski at the five, which allowed Illinois to not have to play maybe go to Omar Payne because even what they used Coleman Hawkins because they didn't really have a post presence in the second half. But what it did was – they were trying to stretch Kofi out and make him guard on the perimeter as opposed to playing inside. The problem is then you have no chance of matching up with him down at the other end. So they were just hoping to get three uh, instead of getting two. So it's it's really interesting the, the chess match that goes on in these games. I don't know that fans look at this and say this or that or, well, why can't we stop this? Well, they're they're playing that they're, – they're running that gamble where they're trying to score offense by spacing – but they're giving up on defense because they realize they can't stop him no matter who they put in. And so it's just interesting, the, the give and take that goes on in these basketball games. Um, you know, we, we, we talked a little bit about freshmen, guys. Uh, Got to love Luke Goody and R.J. Melendez. I mean, I, I thought those guys were great tonight. Really big minutes from those guys stepping up and playing big. Yeah, that's going to be important down the stretch because you're going to need those guys on certain nights. And Luke Goody, the interesting thing is you watch him, even when he comes into the game, he's yelling like, I got, you know, he's saying like who who he's got or how the defense is going 
to remind people of, of who has who. Um, he doesn't come in like a freshman who's just creeping out there trying to fit in. Um, and a little more restrained. But when he gets out on the court, he plays with confidence on the offensive end. Um, I thought both of them look really good tonight and uh, really gives you some upside as the season progresses. I like having them on the court because I think for the future of the program, any minutes that they can get in these games, they're going to matter. And, you know, and a lot of people are kind of nervous and thinking, hey, don't put them in, do put them in. I mean, these kids are playing a lot of basketball. They're not nervous. I mean, if you go back to Friday's game, when um, Saturday's game, when Luke Goody um, pulled up and shot that 15-foot jump shot, and it was a crucial point in the game, you know, and Brad Underwood went to him instantly. As soon as Coleman Hawkins got a second foul, he didn't hesitate. And I think that's going to be good for the team moving forward. They're not going to get a lot of minutes, but you have to be ready next man up when your number's called because you never know when, it, when that number's going to be called. Um, and I think, too, for this for the Big Ten, you know, considering what they've done in the non-conference, you know, winning tonight for Illinois is big. Uh, I was surprised people tonight. I know I was definitely surprised that they won. The Big Ten needs to make a statement. You know, Illinois is one of those teams that the Big Ten was kind of counting on one of the big three, along with Purdue, Michigan. Um, and now, you know, obviously Purdue stepping up. Michigan, Illinois needs to they can get, Illinois can get healthy, you know, to kind of carry that flag a little bit. Yeah, it's, you know, it's too bad we couldn't change those Big Ten uh, ACC matchups and get a Duke-Purdue game. That that would be awesome, wouldn't it? I, mean, I don't care whether it's at Cameron or Mackey. I, I'd love to see that game right now. That'd be one and two, and I think a lot of people would enjoy seeing that action uh, right now. Um, Illinois now, um, you know, it's a win. Got to get – you got three days off, you know, and I know they're going to practice. Practice is really important, but I really feel like this is huge for Illinois to kind of get some rest here. Get healthy, get these guys back. I feel like Trent's going to be fine. If they can get Curbelo and Hutcherson back, you know, ready to go for this Friday, they can kind of be hitting on all cylinders. Maybe by the next, you know, by the time they get to the, you know, get some experience. Because I think these are two games in the Big Ten they can win. And then obviously they got Arizona. They got a week off before they get Arizona. So if you can sneak a couple wins here against Rutgers and at Iowa before you go to Arizona feel really good or for you to play Arizona that you feel really good if you can get these guys healthy get them a little experience and get them ready to go because they're going to need this whole roster one of the keys to this season is that depth and they need this whole roster heading into the next few games I want to see Corbello get out there quick I mean I hope you know things were you know I think they're going to work out for him but getting him on that court to make other players better to you know the thing I the thing that I miss about him more than anything right now is he pushes the basketball. No disrespect to Demonte, he's not a point guard. And even Trent, you know, because he's been hurt. Cabello pushes the ball, and there's so many more fast break opportunities that I think they're missing. That's the part that I really, I think, you know, getting him back out there. If you guys remember the first couple of games, he, I think the first game he had 10 turnovers. I, I think two of those were of those turnovers because he was trying to throw the ball to Luke Goody. Luke Goody was going to go to the wing, and anybody else would have went to the basket. That's all timing, and I think that's what Mike was talking about as far as them being on the court together and, and gelling because you're gonna they're going to need that. They really need him out there just to, just to facilitate, to handle the ball, to get open shots for other people. And the thing he does really well is that he can throw that cross-court pass when people aren't expecting it, 
to his shooters. So hopefully they can get healthy. And I wish fans would really, really not take this for granted because, you know, a lot of people think of the fake in or, you know, you know, Underwood's underachieving. When you don't have a full roster, I'm sorry, you can take any team in the country. When you're missing some of the best players, you know, whether we like Cabello's game right now or not, he was a preseason All-American and he's not on the court right now. Yeah, I think um, I think that's a, a, a true statement. And I will tell you the other thing that kind of came up to me tonight, which you can really tell with P5 teams, but man, there was a lot of shots that Kofi takes that don't get called. Um, he took a forearm shiver to the kidney um, that, that would have been a foul in a boxing match. Um, there was, I, I, I got to be honest with you, how that guy maintains a smile and keeps that positive attitude is amazing to me because for every foul that they called against Notre Dame, there were probably three or four that they could have called that they just didn't because Kofi's big. And um, I don't, was that as clear to you guys watching at home on TV or was that something that, you know, sitting there in the second row, you really feel it a lot more than what you do on television? Well, Brad wants the calls. And I, I understand it. But then on the flip side of it, the other coaches are going to say every time down the course, not a foul. So it puts the referees in a tough situation. And I'm going to tell you, if anybody understands what they're like, it's Purdue because they've always had big guys. And Kofi's been hammered a lot. I thought last game he was hit a couple times. I, you know, if you remember, he was grabbing his finger. You got to call it. And you can't punish a player because he's big. I just, I don't like that. I, I, and I know a lot of coaches are going to complain and say, hey, you know, those aren't fouls. And, you know, and then Brad's going to be saying, hey, you got to protect him. Because at some point, I remember this, and I'm not going to say Kofi and Shaq. You guys remember when he was in college, you know, they told him, hey, it's just better for you to go to pro because everybody was hacking him because he couldn't shoot free throws. He was going to get hurt. And I see that with Kofi sometimes. Yeah, I thought. Uh, yeah, I thought the jersey tug. I, I retweeted the picture of the jersey tug, and you saw Kofi um, uh, get the. <laughs> I mean, he's going in for a layup, no call, and his jersey's fully extended because the guy's grabbed a handful of it. Those are the kind of things that you just can't miss. I mean, you're going to take a bump here and there, and he handles it, and so obviously that that's huge. But yeah, Brad's going to campaign for it. He's right. I mean, he does get fouled. We've seen that, you know, front and center. Um, he's going to get fouled a lot inside. And the good news is that he made six out of nine free throws, keeps shooting around 67%. If he can make two out of three, I mean, I think that's, uh, that's really good for him. And if he can keep doing that, uh, that's going to be a real, real effective thing. Um, defensively. So let's real quick, uh, Matt Stevens joins us now, Matt, you were, uh, you were there. What, what are your thoughts on the, uh, Illini win? We've covered a few things, but I want to get your take. Well, it sounded like you were about to get to the defensive end, and I, that's where I yeah. thought, you know, I thought Illinois' freshmen shined. I thought R.J. Melendez and Luke Goody really shined and took the, you know, Brad, you talk a lot, um, you know, after I'm sure you talked to the coaches, but scouting report, taking the scouting report to the floor is a big thing with these guys. And I think, I think R.J. and Goody did that. And I'm just really impressed overall with, you guys mentioned Kofi, but I asked Brad a question about, you know, the minutes that he's been playing in these first four games against high quality, at least in three of the games, high quality competition. And I'm just, I'm, I'm floored at the idea that he's been able to play 30 plus minutes in these games. And 
be on be on the treadmill. It's another thing to have game conditioning and that big guy is just really, really impressive. And I echo the sentiments of, of uh, Mike Bray. We, there's just nobody like him in college basketball. And it's just, it's like a, it's like a cheat code. Yeah. He's, I, we feel like he's the most dominant player in college basketball. I think that's a safe thing to say. There's no, cause there's no one else like him. Um, no one has that combination of size and strength um, in, in the nation. So let's talk about defense. I, I thought in the second half, uh, I thought Illinois played pretty good defense overall. Notre Dame hit some, had a lot of ISO situations. Um, I thought the one guy probably defensively, and, and after you hear what happened um, at halftime and you, you see this, I thought DeMonte Williams struggled a little bit defensively for him. You know, DeMonte is usually a really good defender, and, and he, he got beat a few times, um, lost a couple guys. They had a couple of miscommunications, even he and Frazier, which is usually never happens. And I thought those guys defensively, but I, I feel like they're going to wrap, they'll clean that up. And DeMonte obviously throwing up at halftime. He's probably got the flu just like these other guys have had. So you you wonder, like, I feel like you cleaned up. But like you mentioned, I'm very impressed with Melendez and Goody and, and Omar Payne and their bench guys, the guys that aren't as good. I thought, and I, the other thing is, Alfonso Plummer's getting better defensively. He is getting better all the yes, time. Yes, he is. Going, being able to get through screens, not get screened. And being able to kind of communicate on defense, I think he's getting more comfortable. Before the season, I, I I didn't tell anybody this, but we, you know, because it's but watching a practice, and I was talking to Brad about it, and he said one of the things about Plummer is he has to like experience it before he kind of figures it out. It can't just be hey do this, because he just that's how he learns. He's learning. We're watching him learn right there in every game that he plays. He's just a kid that keeps getting yeah. better every game. Yeah, you know, my concern with this whole defensive thing, it's like, I just, I don't know if it's fatigue or just being sick. I thought the rotation was really bad. And I'll tell you what, if you guys get a chance to watch it, all three of you, they don't at all. I just, I just never seen a right underwood team allow shots the way they allow it. I do think the freshmen, like Matt said, I think they're ahead of the learning curve. I really do think so. But people didn't score on Illinois the way they did. With the way they're doing this season. They'll get a 10 or 12 point lead in last year, year before last, they just bury teams. Now they let teams hang around and hang around. And that's what's causing them some of the losses that they had early, even though they only have two of them. I just wish they would really short it up. And he talked about in his press conference yesterday, they have to just get tougher and take pride on defense. And I do think Brad, because they were sick, I think they have a lot to do with them. If Trent hasn't practiced, you know, I think his legs, you know, may not be what they were, but he looks good tonight. He'll probably be sore tomorrow. But if they want to take the next step, you know, we've all heard Coach Underwood talking have to guard, and they have to figure that out. I, I would say, uh, you know, Sturdy, I like, like, I'm concerned about how deep or, like, if, if you have one, if I have one concern about defense with Illinois, it's just, I mentioned this to CAG in the lane right now on, on, on our on Illinois guards is really concerning to me because right now what you've got is you've got a defense that does not want their wings to help because that's how you allow three-point shots in the corners and then on the wing but you've got you know perimeter guys like DeMonte in the second half tonight and Trent in the second half tonight just letting guys go right to the rim and it's 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 a little concerning but um 
I think they can get that shirt up, but I think that's a difference that I saw from last year to this year on defense for, at least for me, I don't think it's with the big guys as much. I think it's, I think it's with the perimeter guys just kind of doing uh, not, not cutting them off before they get deep and toward the, toward the rim. Yeah, it was yeah. interesting. There was also some, uh, for lack of a better word, pursuit angles weren't very good either. There were times that people kind of went when they were going after a guy, they went to where, the player was not where they were good. And that made for some interesting opportunities to drive deeper into the lane. I'm sorry. I, I was going to say, when you play a team that's a really good shooting team, you know, like, you know, I was in a couple of weeks, you know, if they don't show that up, because I think this is, you know, we talk about the late game heroics with Iowa. Iowa was a better perimeter defense defending than what people give them credit for. And I think they really miss him. And I don't, I, you know, I don't, obviously he's not coming back, but whether it be Cabello or DeMonte has been, you know, like, you know, we say he's been pretty good at it, but you can't get broke down from the top and allow guys to get to the basket. You know, you look at that UT, UT Grande Valley uh, team last week, they broke them down at will. And I don't know how do you do that. And maybe they're not good enough. Maybe some, you know, the schemes that Coach Underwood needs to change. But that is, to me personally, that was, you know, other than turnovers, them defending right now is my only concern because they will get healthy. Yeah, I, so I was just going to piggyback on that. One of the things that happens is when you're in this defense, you're trying to run the team defense here. The communication is so important because, so if you had, there was a one play tonight where there was actually a ball screen refusal where a guy went down the lane. Well, if you're not going to allow the guy to go into the ball screen, if you're going to force him away from the ball screen, it has to be a team effort. So what has to happen is then the help guy has to stay down because he's, you're forcing him away from the ball screen, so you can't be on the opposite side of the, the screener. And so what was happening a couple of times, it's communication. And I know Kofi, and like Brad talks about this, Kofi's great at calling out ball screen coverages. So he's really good at that. So he's calling him out. But at some point, the processing – maybe isn't happening as well as it should be. So what's happening is then he's playing one defense, they're playing another one, and their feet aren't set and they aren't right. And what happens is you get that dribble penetration. Those little things like that, it's closeouts. It's making sure you close out properly. Um, you know, you one of the things that happens um, when you do the flying out, and one of the guys who does this a little bit is, uh, I, I feel like, you know, not picking on him, Coleman does that a lot where he flies out with the looking for that block on the wing. Well, if you go, if you're running out of there and you're not closing out, you know, choppy steps, all these things, hands high, all those things they work on, then what happens is you get beat on the closeouts, and that that's little things where they just haven't done it enough. You know, what I mean, and they need to get those reps more and more and be in practice together so that they can can do this. And I think it, it college basketball is so you know we've talked about you know getting beat, but it's such a team defensive thing as opposed to just a guy just going one-on-one -on -one and, and taking a guy. It's usually, how does our team respond to that? How does our team defend that and, and you know, push the ball to this spot on the floor or to this guy in this location? And there's all those little things that they do. And right now they're just not clicking. And I, I think a lot of that comes down to the lack of practice time together as a unit. So anyway. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah. I want to let everybody have a chance to wrap up here. Um, I'll start with Mike and then Ked and then Matt. You guys can wrap up and give us your thoughts as you about this Illinois team, where they're at right now. 
Yeah, I, I think this team is doing about as well as you can do when you have to be a practice where your starting team, whoever that might be, is probably going up against a second team that includes managers, walk-ons, maybe Chester or Tim Anderson. Um, it, you know, I think, again, th they just need to get healthy. I think, Brad, you hit that at the very start. And then they need to build that cohesion um, so that they can they can be prepared for, you know, what's going to come in the Big Ten. That's that's pretty much where I'm at now. Well, for me, I, I really want to see them get healthy, you know, and I think we all kind of feel that way and we'll probably all, you know, make that statement. I want to see them get a big signature win here, get healthy, see them play well, see them just go out and have fun and just punish people. There was a stretch tonight where I thought, okay, you know what? They were shooting the ball. They were shooting 60% from three. That's the team that we all thought we were going to see at the beginning of the year. So I, I, I want to see that happen. You know, get some confidence. You know, get, you know, everybody's working and doing what they're supposed to do and, and what they're good at because this team is too good. It's very, very talented. And I know there's a lot of pressure on these kids and I know they know what the rankings were. So not that, you know, rankings mean anything, but it really does at the end of the day. I think these kids take pride in it. So that's my two cents worth it for the night. And, you know, and take the rest and, you know, and hopefully Coach Underwood can see some of these kids because he mentioned tonight he hadn't seen Jacob Grandison in two or three days. So, you know, then tonight Austin Hutchinson gets out with us. So get healthy. Yeah, obviously, I think Illinois played their guts out tonight, literally and figuratively, like in some instances. And, and um, you just need a win like this to – where, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're riding the big guy and, and the guy that – I don't think there's anything on Trent Frazier's body that doesn't hurt right now. So give him all the credit in the world for playing, I think, 32 minutes tonight. I don't even think Fletch thought he could get 32 minutes out of Trent tonight. Um, and so I thought that was a, that was a huge key, um, like a Rutgers or an Iowa in the next – I'm sorry. I mean, I, I, I beat the drum all the time. But Coleman Hawkins has got to play well. If Coleman Hawkins plays well, this team's going to go to the moon. I, I really believe that. And it's a matter of, guys, go look at the first four minutes of tonight and then go look at the first four minutes of the second half. And if you can get that second half, Coleman Hawkins, this team's going to be really, really good. I mean, really good. Um, you just can't have that first four minutes of Coleman Hawkins. And, and he just makes so much the difference because he is that unicorn on this team on both ends of the floor when he's locked in defensively and when he's locked in mentally. And I, I, if you can get that out of him, boy, this team's going to be really good. Great stuff, guys. Great stuff. Um, I got a shout out to Trent Frazier. So the Trent Frazier legend continues. The Trent Frazier is one of the most amazing athletes uh, in the, I'm going to say this. He's just a freakish athlete and people don't realize the things he can do. That dude could walk up off his couch in like Crocs and run a five-minute mile, under a five-minute mile. He's just ridiculous as an athlete. So that's why a guy like cannot practice for a week, come off an injury and play 32 minutes because he's just, he's different. And so, you know, I, I don't think we appreciate maybe how athletic he is and what kind of stamina and fitness he has. Um, my big thing, my takeaway is feed Kofi, make threes, and you're going to be really good on offense. Limit the turnovers. This team's going to be really good down the stretch. Um, you know, getting these guys to click. Um, I going to Matt's comment about Coleman Hawkins, so true. When he is right, this team is even better. And 
Um, they're really good. And the thing about Coleman, though, I think sometimes he starts the game, he, he can either be a really helpful or he gets a little too excited and does some things that you know get, tries to do too much early. But when he lets the game come to him, you see that in the second half after he sat, he comes out and he plays that way. So definitely a good win. We're going to have post-game coverage of uh, the game on IlliniGuys.com. Of course, we're going to have pre-game coverage and post-game coverage coming up this week from Big Tens. Also, you know, I, we didn't even mention recruiting. Big-time 23 recruit Jeremy Fears Jr. was in the house tonight watching this one. Got a little crush chant from him. Um, of course, we, Ked and I, have, uh, we, we've, I think we've made our selections where we think he's going to end up, and I think it's going to be relatively in the near future. Ked, is that pretty accurate? I think that's safe to say, but I just, I mean, for a kid to come back, you know, for two straight games, two home games, yes, I think that's a fair statement. They always done really well. They put themselves in this situation with the, with the future point guard. Kid's good. Yep. And that's the kind of kids you want to get. Get those top 50 guards. Keep them coming. Illinois is on a recruiting roll right now in basketball. And they're on a roll on the floor. Three in a row. Win over Notre Dame in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Big Ten play starts on Friday. Sturdy 30. Thanks for listening.